Welcome to another edition of the Varsity Podcast. Justin Barney coming to you flying solo this week as we make the turn just about into February. And what an exciting time of year. We've got soccer districts going on, girls basketball playoffs starting next week. National Signing Day is the big story next week on Wednesday. Area Athletes put the pen to paper and make their college choices official. That's always a fun day. And a lot of... uh, High school football coaching news this week. So uh, big stories this week. Uh, Going to touch on a few of those. But, um, you know, last week we talked a little bit about the high school football major uh, news that's coming up here in late February vote by the FHSA Board of the Directors. The potential to really shake things up on the football perspective, uh, switching things, uh, really kind of splitting things down the middle and creating a metro and suburban classifications uh, in the um, in the football realm. So that would be pretty interesting if that comes to pass. So a lot of gray area, a lot of details to be worked out in that arena to see if that comes to pass. But um, overwhelming, really kind of overwhelming vibes that I've gotten from coaches, they are on board big changes, you know, changes um, to classifications um, need to happen, and I think everybody is in agreement with that. Uh, A little bit stagnant in how things are, um, but that was the big story last week. Still kind of buzz about that in the area. Be interesting to see what happens next month. Kind of my my feeling on that and what I've talked to coaches about, they seem to think that it's too much too soon. Um, Don't know if that's the right answer at this point in time, um, but we're pretty much the, the men I've talked to from private schools, public schools, and both of, uh, you know, in, in both uh, the, the metro and suburban areas is that something needs to be done. And uh, that conversation is going to pick up substantially between now and next month at this time. The board of directors meets February 27th and 28th in Gainesville uh, to vote on that. I'm sure we're going to hear some pretty spirited debate on both sides of that, but I think the overriding factor is something needs to be done in terms of classification and, um, you know, how they determine playoff spots and and whatnot. I think RPI probably uh, dead in the water going forward. I think um, those max preps rating points are the way to go. Um, RPI, I think, um, in theory, sounded better than it actually was. Uh, Really, this year you've got a chance to see that teams learn how to game that system a little bit and, uh, you know, stack a schedule to where, um, you know, you could fatten that schedule up with teams that were really not as competitive as they needed to be and still get in the playoffs. So uh, I do think that something like a max preps rating system like we use in baseball, softball, uh, soccer, uh, the other team sports is uh, going to be a good change for football whenever that does happen. So starting off this week, uh, spring sports practice has begun, and that is good news. Was out at St. John's Country Day this week, checking in on the baseball team and Bartram Trail. Saw the softball team, lacrosse team, baseball team, everybody in action on that first day of sports on Monday of this past week. And really just awesome to hear those sounds, the bat hitting the ball, gloves popping. Uh, Just a good afternoon. Not all the spring sports began this week, but uh, those three were the ones that did start this week. And still got a little bit of time before those seasons officially kick off, but just that excitement in the air, the uh, just that renewed optimism that's not a, a COVID cloud hanging over things like it has been um, in the past year and a half. So I think it's excitement 
and just a, an opportunity for these athletes to get back out on that field after you know an eight month or so break and uh, start things anew, get things going again, and really have more of a normal season, uh, normal spring season than it's felt like uh, since probably 2019. Um, you know, 2020 was uh, wiped out completely due to the pandemic, although some teams got in a few games. But uh, 2021, a little bit of the cloud still over uh, over last year, and I think this has a more traditional spring season feel to it. So I uh, had a chance to chat with some St. John's Country Day baseball players, Jordan Taylor, uh, Bradley Hodges and coach Tom Lucas and uh, kind of a hodgepodge of uh, of uh, excitement slash business-like approach slash uh, putting last year in the rear view um, kind of it talks from those guys. But we're going to hear from Jordan Taylor first on just uh, the excitement and what's on tap for the Spartans as they head into the 2022 seasons with more expectations on them than I think any other high school baseball team in the area by far, the Spartans lost in the 2A championship game last year to Out of Door Academy 5-3, to and that loss has stayed with them a little bit uh, this offseason. I know they were happy to be there last year, uh, but they want to finish the goal this year. This is what Jordan had to say. Um, definitely guys ready for this year. Uh, we were all had a bitter taste like after last year's loss, but we were looking forward to get back after it this year. Like, we were all looking forward to it ever since last year coming back out here and um, – yeah, after they've got new transfers, they come in, um, join the tradition. Uh, nothing's been going wrong. We're all amped. Looking forward to this season. Now, interesting to hear from Jordan Taylor. He's a Florida State commit and uh, the top draft prospect in the area this year. Bradley Hodges, he's committed to Virginia. Um, one of the best players, if you're not talking Jordan Taylor's, uh, the best player in the area, you're talking Bradley Hodges as that, uh, that ace as well. Uh, here is what he had to say on the Spartans as they – Come back and try and uh, finish the job that they came up a little bit short on last year. Take a listen. I think it's a lot more loose this year just because we're used to it now. It's something we've, um, all the expectations that were laid on us, uh, it's something that we're going to be used to. So it should be good. You know, Tom Lucas, the coach, he knows the expectations are there. He knows what was accomplished last year. Uh, does not happen often. Yeah, a little bit, probably a little bit of a sour taste in their mouth from coming up a little bit short last year and, um, yeah, but again, you bring back so many guys this year. You added a couple impact transfers. You have those expectations. You have the talent to match them. Uh, you're going to go to the National High School Invitational. It's a pretty high caliber event that you're going to see the best teams in the country at this year. Only 16 teams invited to that one. So uh, it's shaping up to be a good season. And, you know, we're going to talk a lot about St. John's Country Day this year, but I thought they were one of the most interesting stories starting spring practice just because of what they had last year, how it ended, and what they have coming back this year. Really an unfinished business kind of mantra, um, but they're not looking at it like that. They, uh, Coach Lucas said that he was excited to have that experience, especially for the seniors, uh, but they're turning the page to 2022 and can't wait to get back out on that field. Here he goes. Yeah, we, we don't really um, dwell on that too much. Um, each year is its own year, so there's nothing we can change about last year, and it was an unreal experience, um, but it was a great experience for those guys to give them a chance to go down there to Fort Myers to see what that environment's like. Um, but this year's a, a different year, so we're, we're talking about we can't take any of those wins with us. Like we start zero and zero just like that, uh, other than probably we've got a little bit bigger of a target on our backs right now. You know, and 
not only, I think, a, a good story in softball this year. You know, I covered quite a bit of Bartram Trail really since they opened the program back in 2000. And one coach has been there that entire time from the softball team, Jennifer Harmon. When you're talking area softball coaches, you've got, a, you've got probably three people that you mention as just the kind of the, the pillars in this area. Tony, uh, excuse me, Jennifer Harmon uh, would be that one in St. John's County. Clay County, it's Matt Lewis, been there for quite some time, state championship as well. And then Cynthia Bate at Inglewood. Um, and if you add another one there, Natalia Gonzalez at Mandarin, she's had a, a quite the career as well there uh, from a Duval County school. She's behind Cynthia Bate in terms of a tenure. But um, when you're talking the area softball team, area softball programs and and just the sport in general here those are the names that you tend to mention as just tough to replace a coach like that and uh, Jennifer Harmon um, back-to-back state championships with Bartram Trail has been there since the beginning of the program opening she's leaving and going to Beachside haven't covered quite a few of those Bartram teams in the years past She's that, that, that coach that you just did not see leaving, uh, but an opportunity to go and be an athletic director at, Bart, at uh, Beachside New School in St. John's County that's opening this fall. Uh, pretty cool for her, but neat to see the page turn with Tony Sowers. Now, if you followed baseball in the area uh, for any amount of time, you remember that name. Uh, he was at Nice uh, for quite a, quite a long time, then went to Bartram Trail and had that success there. Uh, played for a state championship in 2015. Coach guys like Kyle Parker, uh, first-round draft pick out of Clemson in the MLB draft. Uh, Paul Fagan, another guy who was drafted straight out of Bartram Trail in high school. So that was uh, cool to see. But he's a guy who's been around the area, knows it, um, knows baseball about as uh, good as anyone in this area. But he got out of the game in uh, 2016. And uh, just kind of coached a little bit, girls golf, or uh, excuse me, boys golf, and uh, girls golf, done that as well. And got out of baseball and and missed that competitive action from the team perspective. And uh, when that opportunity, when Jen Harmon stepped down and Tony said, hey, I'm I'm definitely down for getting back into the game. I've missed that competitive, uh, that just that action, the day in, the day out grind of what it is in a te- major team sport. And so he jumped at that opportunity to take on the softball challenge. And he is uh, replacing a legend at Bartram Trail um, softball. But Tony pumped up and I, I kid around with him because he has mellowed out so much over the years. If you look at Tony Sowers back in the, the late 90s, early 2000s, man, he was fiery. He was uh, had that fire in his belly, and he would uh, he would tell it, tell it like it was after the game, took those losses hard, celebrated those wins. But, man, he has mellowed out in his day, and I always joke around with Tony when I see him that he is, uh, he is quite, uh, quite a different person uh, than he was back uh, 20 years ago. But, man, he was excited, pumped up, to be back on the field. I'll be at a softball field for the first time and coach, and here's what he had to say this week on the start of spring. I couldn't wait to get out here. You know, I had I'd made my practice plans up, and, um, you know, the energy w- was easy. The energy was easy once I got out here, and then, you know, when I started doing drills, I was like, oh, man, this is old hat, you know, ride a bike, whatever you want to call it. It was truly fun. Spring sports don't start up in their entirety in those major team sports. Uh, Lacrosse starts on February 14th for boys and girls, and baseball and softball 
a week after that. So other spring sports uh, like flag football, beach volleyball, new, new beach volleyball, that's going to be a, a interesting sport to watch as that uh, makes its debut this year. Um, they don't start until practices until next month, track and field as well. So we got a lot of spring sports. They're staggered in terms of the uh, starts on those when they do and, and practicing, but you know, sports like uh, baseball, softball, you worry about that arm uh, that arm uh, kind of acclimatization period for pitchers and such. Their FHC has become a, a staunch opponent of that arm rules and uh, pitch counts and stuff. So a staggered phase in for baseball, softball, uh, but less than a month away from that first pitch in those sports. And uh, just a little, uh, almost what, Valentine's Day for uh, lacrosse. So we are in that uh, that window countdown for those spring sports to to get cranked up so exciting times there on the football front you know we've had some some coaching changes you know the it's been kind of a slow reaction if you follow the Jaguars coaching search uh with any um kind of uh kind of a uh, wandering eye you're you're uh, not mistaken it's taken quite a long time and uh, for some of these high school football coaching jobs taken a little bit of time as well to uh to fill these positions so uh two this week um, Rebolt hiring Aaron Ram Pinckney uh, to replace Marlon White in Orange Park, making it official with Marcus Wimberly coming uh, to the Raiders to lead their turnaround. Wimberly is a state championship coach from Tennessee, a former University of Miami football player, and uh, he's got his hands full to try and turn that Raiders program around. They've been kind of lapped in uh, Clay County in terms of um, prominence by Oakleaf and Fleming Island. Clay um, have all really kind of um, taken the lead in Clay County over Orange Park. So OP, uh, you know, in the last 10 years, only 2013 and 2018, were the Raiders above 500. So they've got some work to do. November least 15 seasons in his coaching career, so he's got a chance uh, to to kind of put his stamp on the program. Um, in uh, 12 seasons at Memphis East, that was his uh, most uh, successful tenure, 81 and 57, uh, nine playoff appearances in that span, and a state championship in 2016. So pretty a uh, good resume for him there. And uh, how about Ram Pinkney? What a story there. Uh, had been coaching the Rebalt Middle School team back-to-back county and city championships for them, and uh, you know, not not a high school head coaching job to his name thus far, but he said it was just the great opportunity for him to come and uh, take over Rebalt's varsity program, uh, the first high school head coaching job of his career. Just a very good story there. And, you know, last year Menendez had a very similar situation where they hired a middle school coach, Matt Potak, uh, and he had been the highly successful coach of Gamble Rogers Middle School, three St. John's Middle School championships in a span of four seasons, and uh, they needed some stability there, and they got it with Matt. And I know that Menendez program was so excited, pumped up to have him in the fold there, and I think it's going to be that same reaction to Ram Pinckney. Exciting times for changes for uh, for these high school teams. We've had some you know some others in the area filled Bradford with Jamie Rogers, uh, Mandarin for Toby Bullock, to name a few. Uh, Beachside will be making its first coaching hire here soon, uh, so that'll be one to watch as well. So next week we've got high school basketball, high school girls basketball. District tournaments coming up soon. A lot of local teams there. And, you know, for a recap on that, you know, it, it's going to be like this in football, too, when they change over. So the district champions 
earn one of those four top seeds in the region. There are eight playoff berths in each region uh, in classes 2A to 7A there. And uh, those top four, one, two, three, four, go to the district champs. Seed numbers five through eight are determined by those ranking points. So, you know, teams with those low ranking points, and this is why it's so imperative that you win a district or put together a pretty solid schedule in the regular season to help you with those rating points. I've seen some good teams, especially in volleyball, um, come to, to this situation, and you don't win your district. You're having to mer- wait for the mercy of those rankings points, and a lot of times they do not work out in favor of that. So you need to win that district, and I think with this new uh, ranking system and playoff qualification methods, you really need to either win that district or bu- uh, just kind of buff up that schedule to where you are not playing a bad uh, regular season schedule. I know a lot of the teams you're uh, you're locked into games to be at conference or or whatnot, but play a tough schedule or win the district. You can't complain that you miss the postseason if you're not winning your district. Um, so I think it's uh, it's so much so more so much more exciting now that you've got the district champ going. I think that that still carries merit to be able to say you're district champ, you earn your way into the playoffs. But, man, you're not district runner-up anymore. You don't get that automatic berth, and you're not automatically qualified for the playoffs. You've got to make sure that schedule is strong. And for these major team sports, um, the basketballs, the volleyballs, it comes into play where you've got to have that schedule strength behind you and that success um, to get into the playoffs. I think it makes for a better playoff field, and uh, we're going to see that in girls' basketball. We're going to see probably see a team or two uh, with a good regular season not make that uh, postseason, and uh, that's as a result of that if they don't win that district tournament. So that's exciting time. Start next week, do or die time. Gateway Conference Boys Basketball Championship on Friday night. Jackson and Paxson, one of the best regular season games you're going to see. Jackson, just dominant. No no questions about that. We did a, uh, a News for Jacks survey before the basketball season started and who was the best boys team in the area. Jackson and James Collins won that vote hands down, rightfully so. Uh, J.C., and company doing a fantastic job over there on Main Street. Continue to get it done. We're going to see if they can make it down to Lakeland for the fourth year in a row for the state semifinals. And uh, one of these years, they're going to win it. One of these years, the Tigers are going to win it down in Lakeland. And a huge win for them last week, Lake Highland Prep and Bartow in a span of three days. So um, I think the dominance of uh, Jackson starting to show at this point in the season. The Tigers have been number one in our Super 6 for quite some time. Fleming Island, a big one-point win over rival Orange Park on Thursday night in a classic game between those two teams. Uh, A lot of strength in Clay County basketball, be it women's or girls and boys this season. And uh, on the boys' side, Clay and Fleming, excuse me, Fleming and Orange Park um, showed that on Thursday night. Great win for the Golden Eagles over there. And uh, Talia Scott, the Talia Scott watch continues there. Uh, She ranked sixth in the country in scoring a little over 33 points per game. The Spartans move into our Super 6 this week for the first time. And I don't think Talia is going to win that national scoring title, but I think she's got that Florida scoring title locked in. That's a good team to watch for as a kind of dark horse to a state championship contender, the St. John's Country Day Spartans girls team. Uh, That is a team to watch. Be cool to see it if that happened. And a big one next day, next week, circle your calendar for next Wednesday 
first Wednesday in February every year, National Signing Day. So February 5th next week, excuse me, February 2nd next week is National Signing Day. They've got a couple of big storylines to watch. Jack Pyburn, Bulls linebacker, his recruiting interest has just exploded over the last month. So look for him to make a big decision come signing day. And Matt McCoy, Creekside offensive tackle. Those are two big names left on the recruiting board. You know, Coach Billy Napier at Florida has his eyes on those two players. Thanks for listening to another edition of Varsity. You can subscribe to our newsletter and our podcast. Also follow us on Instagram, sports for jacks on Instagram. We'll talk to you next week. Recap a lot of action. Take care.